Welcome to another fabulous episode of the Nancy Rubin Podcast. Season 2, The Key Workers. Our last episode with the London Fire Brigade was very re- well received. Thanks so much Kylie Holmes, Lewis, who helped us understand what the job was like. We are doing this episode because we really want to understand not only what different jobs are like, but to appreciate the different challenges other people face. People who are doing difficult jobs so that we can feel safe or, or live better lives. And in this episode, we are going on to the hospital front lines with Super Dr. Elana Sampson. Dr. Elana, thanks so much for taking the time to answer some of our questions. Please describe what a normal day is like for you. What is a normal day like for me? Every day is different. Some days I work in A&E and I see people that have been brought in by ambulance. Some days I work on the wards and look after people that have been in hospital for a few days. And sometimes I work in clinic and look after people that have just left hospital or that the GPs refer to us for some more tests. I also have loads and loads of meetings and also do lots of teaching to medical students and to the junior doctors. Wow, that sounds like a very busy schedule. What part of your job do you enjoy the most? The part of the job that I like best is meeting new patients and working out what's going on with them. It's a little bit like a jigsaw puzzle. First of all, you talk to someone and they tell you why they came to the hospital and what's been going on with them and what they've been feeling. That's like the corners and the edges of the jigsaw puzzle. The next thing you do is examine them, listen to their heart, listen to their lungs. Sometimes you feel their tummy. That gives you a few more pieces of the jigsaw puzzle. The last thing you do is some blood tests and some scans. The results of those fill in most of the rest. By that point, you pretty much know what's going on and what the diagnosis is. Then you can plan the treatment. Sometimes that's antibiotics. Sometimes that's bigger things like planning an operation. And sometimes it's more complicated tests. Some people need to come into hospital for those kind of things, and some people can stay at home and just visit the hospital every day. I have to say, it's really satisfying being able to work out what's wrong with someone and being able to help them every single day. I always go home with a really good feeling about having done something good, even if it's just to one person that day. Dr. Elana, what is the most important skill you need to be a good doctor? What's the most important skill you need to be a good doctor? Well, I think in my job, the most important skill that I need is to listen to someone. Often, as we get older, we're not very good at listening. We're too busy thinking our own thoughts to really listen to what someone else is saying. Sometimes, when you're having a conversation with someone, you realise that they're only really waiting for you to stop talking so that they can say what they want to say, rather than actually listening to what you have to say. I have to learn to listen really carefully, not just to what people are saying with their voices, but what they're saying with the other parts of them, their body language, what their eyes are saying and what their faces are saying, and what the person that that is with them is thinking as well. It's actually a really hard thing to learn, and it's something that I keep learning all the time and probably will learn my whole life. Thank you. What was your first day working in in a hospital like? What was my first day working in a hospital like? Well, I started working in hospitals when I was a medical student because we used to do 
what we called attachments on the ward where we would spend lots of time with the patients and the doctors just practicing how to be a doctor. But the first day I was a real doctor was quite scary. Even though I'd been taught how to prescribe lots of medications, I was so nervous that I completely forgot even how to prescribe paracetamol and I had to ask the doctor who was supervising me. I was really embarrassed but she was really, really nice about it and she showed me what to do about everything. Then at the end of the day, just when I thought I'd finished, the ward clerk, who's like the secretary of all the patients on a ward, handed me this huge pile of blood test results on paper. There are about 200 of them. And she told me that the last lot of doctors had just forgotten to sign all of these papers and I had to sign them all now. Now we'd already got all the results on them by the computer, but there was a backup system where we had to sign them all as well. And so I sat there in her office signing 200 pieces of paper and worrying that I didn't really understand what was going on. And what if I made a mistake and signed something that had to have some treatment? I called the other doctor who was supervising me. She was called Sarah. And I said, Sarah, what am I going to do? I don't understand any of these blood results. And she laughed and she said, don't worry. I've seen them all already. You just have to sign them. I think I finished that day at about nine o'clock in the evening. And then I had to start the next day at about eight. So I was really, really tired. After that, it got a lot easier, though. I understood what was going on, and I even remembered how to prescribe things properly. How has COVID-19 changed the way in which you work, Dr Alana? Lots and lots and lots of things have changed because of COVID. Number one, we have loads more meetings than we used to do, and most of them by Zoom, so I can even do them on my phone. I'm quite often in a meeting, even on the way home from work. The next thing that's the most obvious is the PPE, that's wearing the masks. Depending on what we're doing and how ill the patient is, we wear different types of PPE. Sometimes we just wear surgical face masks, kind of like everyone does in the shops, and gloves and a plastic apron. But sometimes we have to wear what we call full PPE, which is those really big masks and sort of plastic all the way up and down. That's what you've probably seen on the news. It's pretty hot. And it's quite hard to talk to people because it's quite muffled. And also you have to be quite careful when you're taking it off. It's called doffing. If you don't take it off the right way, you can just spray coronavirus around the room. So you have to learn a special technique of how to put it on and take it off again. The thing that's really hard is that no one's really allowed any visitors in hospital anymore. That means that it's really hard for us to be able to tell families what's wrong with someone. And also quite hard to communicate with the patients because we're all wearing masks all the time. Quite a lot of our patients are quite old and quite a lot of them have got hearing problems. And so we've had to develop all sorts of different ways of communicating with them and their families. For families, we use lots of Zoom calls. And for some of the patients, we've got message boards and we do a lot of writing things down. It all means that we can't really have the relationship that we usually do with the patients and their families, and that makes things really much harder. We have really got used to it, though, and we've found lots of different ways of addressing it. So, for example, one charity bought us lots of iPads so that we could use them to make calls to families, and there are lots of apps as well that we've now been using. Things are a lot better now and a lot easier to communicate now than they were right at the beginning. It sounds like a lot of changes, 
Thanks for sharing. One last question, please, Dr. Alana. What advice would you give to someone who wants to be a doctor? What advice would I give someone who wants to be a doctor? First of all, you have to be prepared to work really hard. You don't have to be a genius, but the exams can take years and years and years. You do five years of medical school, or maybe six, and then you have at least either five, ten, or fifteen years of training, even once you're a doctor, to get to, the, to, get to be a consultant. Even after you've done this, you have to keep training your whole life. That means attending lectures and courses, doing reading, and just working out what's going on and making sure you're up to date. The other thing that I think is really important is that you have to like people and like meeting people and working with people from different backgrounds. Certainly in this country we all work in teams and doctors and nurses and other healthcare professionals come from all different types of backgrounds. We have to learn how to work together and also how to work with patients who come from all different types of backgrounds as well. I really enjoy that side of it and I also really enjoy sharing with people things about being Jewish that they didn't know and hearing about parts of their lives or their culture that I didn't know about. For example, someone I work with who's Jamaican showed me how to make different Jamaican foods and they are surprisingly delicious, although very, very spicy. I think overall it's more important to be a people person, to like being with people, than it is to be super clever to be a doctor. Lots of people think you need to be super clever. Actually, you don't really need to be super clever. You need to be someone that works really hard and can remember things. But you don't need to be a genius. But you do need to be able to have a lot of dedication. Because it's the kind of career that takes up a lot of time. Not just the hours that you work, but also exams. And working at the weekends. And over holidays. The hours can be really long. But more and more people are working what we call less than full-time. That means more flexibly, so they're only working some of the days of the week and not every day of the week. That means that it's much more open to people that can't work those crazy hours. Medicine's really changing as a career, so my experience is going to be very different from any of your experiences if any of you want to become doctors. I think the things that aren't going to change is actually liking people and wanting to spend time with people. Well, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us, Dr. Ilana. Yes, it really helps to give us an insight into what life is like for a doctor. We really appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed listening to Dr. Ilana. Who knows, maybe you might become a doctor one day. In our next we look forward to meeting P.C. Gosling, who is an amazing police officer with the Metropolitan Police. It's great to be back with another episode and we hope you will join us again soon on the Nancy Rubin podcast.